Hey everyone, it's Adam Carolla and welcome to another episode of Going Racing, the show that highlights the fastest cars, best races, biggest celebrities in the automotive world. Happy New Year. Yeah, man. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. I know. It's been, uh, I don't know, a day and a half. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Running, 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 man. Yeah. Uh, Lots of good car stuff uh, coming up. We hit the year running uh, tonight as we're in here. We're uh, doing the Shelby premiere in um, some odd schedule. It's out. It's on Netflix. You can watch it. And now we're doing the premiere yeah so well, it's a nice way to just get some some cocktails with some friends and then see the event and uh we'll get some pictures from it and uh yeah uh we got some friends coming out to it our friend ed justice jr is coming out i think uh chip foose is coming out tonight. oh good yeah well It'll you guys good. uh can go to netflix and and watch it and you can watch uh 24-hour war as well also um uppity's coming uh and uh is it out now on <clears throat> chassis? I'm a- it's out now okay. on chassis. That's what I should have said. It is out now on chassis. Max Pata, check chassis website. I got a – somebody sent me a tweet that said like they bought it and they tried streaming it and they couldn't stream it. And I never know whether – because then what happens is, is that I then come in and go, hey, what's wrong with the website? And then everyone goes, no, it's fine. It's the fine. person screwed up. <laughs> Usually, but I, I always sort of take them at their word. Um Uppity is uh, out. You can get it on Blu-ray. We're shipping now. I'm going to go over to the other shop and sign like 50 Shelby posters because yeah. everyone yeah. wants the posters and we're shipping those as well. And you can watch uh, Shelby American and you can watch a 24-hour war on uh, on Netflix. But if you want the Blu-ray and we have a lot of cool extras on the Blu-ray races that you never never been seen before by Shelby and that footage and that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, if you want that, then you can go to Chassis. It's a nice gift. The Blu-ray is a nice gift. Two S's and a Y. I, and get I, it. I, I want to just say again, though, Uppity is a good film. It's a good story. I know you know the Shelby story. You probably don't know a lot of the Willie T. Ribs story. Mm-hmm. And it's just a – it's a it's like a – it's a good real-life like underdog story – it's right. probably the most emotional of all the docs that you've done, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's definitely worth checking out. And Willie's a he's a he's fun and he's nutty and yeah, he's nice. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll talk to him. I have um, I have uh, Pete Brock coming by later on today as as we tape this. I told him just pop in and I'll interview him for twenty minutes and we'll figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure that out because. The, the thing about Pete Brock, and I, I brought it up before. It's probably a little sensitive, and I think I must have. See, I cannot figure out anymore what conversations I've had with interesting people. I can't figure out if they were interviews or we were sitting at some car yeah. show and I was talking to them. Because like, And my brain can't figure out. I kind of know the stuff I've done that has an audience. But you and I are sitting in here and there's nobody in the room. So I spoke to him at length about his hang gliding experience and and about him as a designer of hang gliders and a world record holder of hang gliding. 
And this would be a tough one for me to fabricate. I think his son died flying in one of his hang gliders. That's what I recall. I also remember being blown away by saying things like, how does a hang gliding race work? Like you just go in a big circle or how's it work? It point A to B? Is it just it's like, like point A to B. And, and I'd like go drag like, race? How, much t- how much ground do you cover? And it'd be like 300 miles. And I'd be like, <laughs> what? And I'd be like, how, wh- what? How's that work? Like, but wh- wh- what's the altitude? And it, I don't know. It'd be like 14,000 feet or something. I'd be like, what? And you have to get up in the jet stream or Yeah, you have something. to get up high and then. But I was like, so you'd go, we go like from here to San Francisco. Or something, and I, these are all just bits and pieces I've, I've cobbled together in my head. But I yeah. remember thinking, like, "Wow, that's totally insane." It's also I had no idea. I thought you'd jump off a cliff and land on the beach. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you know, I've like... seen chips. Like I see how Eric Estrada would <laughs> yeah. go. You go down to Pirates Cove and yeah. you go right off, and then there's some hot ladies waiting for you when you land on the what, beach. What else would hang lighting be for? I uh, <laughs> think to go to San Francisco. It's an interesting thing, Max Apatic, and I sort of had him looking it up before. Now, there's I got not a here. ton, but there is enough to confirm that yes. Uh, Pete Brock's son did die in a hang gliding accident after Pete Brock got into hang gliding. And Pete Brock founded um, the uh, largest hang gliding company in the world. (laughs) Wow. Now, see, the thing about Pete Brock is people are like, oh, yeah, that guy worked on the the Corvette or the Shelby Daytona or or the Datsun 510s and BRE. All right. But what about this whole chapter? Right. Now, it makes sense. Like, I've been to his house. That's not Shelby money. (laughs) <laughs> He's thing, got a nice place. The thing that makes sense to me is, of course, the guy who – and you have to watch the Shelby American Doc or 24-Hour War. But, of course, the guy who pioneered the Shelby Daytona knows aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knows how to cut through the wind. Yeah. And so, obviously, that mind would also be a hang gliding yeah. mind as well. Max Pad, do you know like a hang gliding race, like altitude and distance or records? There's got to be some records for hang gliding. I knew gliding. he had a hang gliding background, but I didn't know he was such an achiever, like like a Did he whatever, a, like a noted name record holder. Yes, I knew that, and I, I can't remember where. I, well, we must not have had him in and talked about it here. We you haven't, have, no, we haven't talked about it here. You would have remembered. And, and obviously his son died, and his son died – you know, I mean, obviously his son was, you know, in his 20s or something. So it's, uh, you know, kind of a sensitive subject to, to get into. Yeah. And Pete's a sensitive guy, he you is. know. So, but I, I also think it's it's worth the conversation. It's been, I'm sure it's been 25, 30 years since his son has passed away. Yeah. And I'm sure it's not something he wants to talk about, but it's also, an, it's an interesting chapter. And I think. As an interviewer, you're probably not doing your job if you don't get into the tragedy of that. Yeah. Uh, also, it's you know it's just bizarre that you started this hang gliding thing. Your son became a pilot and essentially died doing it in your in your yeah device. Like, he could sit down and go, "I don't want to talk about any of it," and that's fair. But it's yeah. a, it's an important. It's, I feel it's definitely like a significant. I feel like yeah, I feel like I've spoken to him about it before, so it must be well, something. Pete helped develop. Um, long distance hang gliding uh, competitions, 
and uh, competitions. They started with just fly as long as you can right. with spot landings. But once increased performance uh, was introduced, cross-country flying replaced all of that. And usually two to four waypoints have to be passed with a landing at a goal. Right. But you say cross-country? They, that's what, we'll try to figure out the di- we'll try to figure out the distance they went, but yeah, they would cover but, vast but, but distances. It, it, I'm curious, like, yeah, how many times do you stop? Like, what's the most amount of distance before you you reboot or you relaunch the you know take off again? Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a cross country race, but not. Not all at you know, no, just, not not all at you know, once. You're just gonna run right. and start in Santa Monica no, and land they, in Manhattan. No, they, they would probably do it like the Baja 1000. Yeah. You know, you yeah, cover yeah. this amount during this day, you sleep that night in Pueblo, whatever, and then you right. go another 800 miles. Um, but it's interesting, and and I have a kind of a memory that I'm. I don't have a lot of specifics, but I don't screw up the beats that badly. Yeah. You know, like I, and and if I remember. When I said, like, how far would you go? It'd be like here to San Francisco. I'd be like, whoa. But what's the longest leg? Like one Well, that's single, what I mean. Yeah. That, that, I, I, that would I, seem huge. I, I think they could do like several hundred miles in a, in a leg. The world record is 475. So I'm still looking at to see right. what, I guess what it that's, is in competition. And how, what's San, how fast do you go? That what's seems San like Fran- a really long trip. You bring a sandwich? No, San Francisco is, what, 300 miles from here? 275 yeah. or something like that. I mean, look, that means you can get to San Francisco from here, no problemo. 383. 383? 383. Right. So when Pete was telling me he'd fly from here to San Francisco, that's that's 100 miles shy of the record. Like, he could do that. Yeah, that's amazing. Or he may have the record. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and and, and they, wouldn't, they wouldn't float along. Like, they'd, they'd move a little bit. Yeah. As and, a crow flies, it's 348. And we got to think about that. Oh, actually. right, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it seemed. And just, just get a curiosity. Look up when you get a chance. How fast are they going? Well, well, how long does it take to get to cover 100 miles yeah. or whatever? I'm you just, can, you can check that. I'm sure, see there's if you can like find the it. fastest guy went whatever. Well, the, but... the thing is, the thing that I always said, the thing I always found interesting is, I would have one of those explosive parachute things. They have them for small aircraft. Yeah, as you know. Yeah. They have a device, if you have a little single-engine Cessna or whatever, where it's basically an air cannon on top, and you pull the ripcord, and it fires. You know, if you get a catastrophic failure, it fires that thing, and you float to the ground. Yeah. And I was always wondering, why don't those guys who are in these competitions where you're 10,000 feet in the air, and you're going 75 miles an hour or whatever it is, why don't you have a parachute on? I, I my guess is weight has is is the deal killer. You got to be as lean think, as think, possible. It, I, I yeah, but think about what a parachute doesn't weigh. I mean, I think a lot of it is like bravado. Like, hey, we don't wear parachutes. We don't wear like, parachutes. That's part man. of our part of Batman our. Batman doesn't wear a parachute. Maybe they wear. I bet they wear them now. But back <laughs> then, I, he's just like they don't do it. Maybe in 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 some of this whatever the sanctioning body of racing, there are some safety mechanisms like a parachute. Also, if you think about what they're doing, at what point would the parachute really help? Like, it's not going to help on takeoff or landing. You know what yeah. I mean? It's only going to help if you're at altitude and you're going in a straight line and something catastrophic happens. Yeah, right? I tell you, 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 you'll recognize it. When you start bringing competition into it, things change. 
you think of a downhill skier going as fast as they are. Knee pads might help on an accident. They're not going to wear them. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Uh, all right, let me hit uh, Tommy John. Max Paddock yep. and maybe find some of those answers. Tommy John, man, they don't give an F. They give three Fs. Fabric, fit, function. I'm wearing mine right now, yeah. by the way. I'm wearing my uh, holiday. I'm still in my holiday Tommy John attire. Oh, I'm wearing the uh, T-shirt. I'll tell you what I do, man. I'm not uh, I'm not big into uh, loads of laundry. I wear I wear my Tommy John T-shirt. I'll I'll work out in it. I'll I'll work up a little lather in it. And then yesterday I was like, oh, I've got my Tommy John T-shirt. I've worn it three days in a row. It's starting to get a little little gamey. Yeah. And I just went uh, <laughs> screw it. I'm wearing it in the pool. And oh, yeah. I just wore it into the pool. And I did a underwater lap in the pool in my Tommy Johns. And I got out and I stripped the stuff off and I just spread it out outside. This morning when I went out to the pool, there was my nice dry Tommy John waiting for me. Just put it right back on. I do that with the underwear too. I don't run it through the, I don't run it through. I'll wear it three days in a row and then I'll wear it in the pool one day and then I'll just hang it out and it'll be dry the next day and I'll put it right back on. All right. What am I doing? Surgery over here? Everybody's got their thing. Tommy John, man. It's the best and it's in, uh, 1200, uh, retail locations as well. So you can go to tommyjohn.com or you can just go get them at, uh, Nordstrom's if you like. Right, Matt? Yeah, hurry to TommyJohn.com slash CarCast for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash CarCast for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash CarCast. All right. Anything, Maxipan? Any speeds or heights? Uh, Distances? Just just like the car community, the hang gliding community decides to stay off the internet as well. Uh (laughs) Um, But as far as distances, I'm seeing like different tasks like – because these are multi-day – uh, competition so it'll be like 65 miles in a day and um, do they do they do they say anything about altitude uh check I'm, that out i'm still too. looking and right. as far as speeds go i'm seeing between like like 30 to 40 yeah like max yeah that's that what i was sense. thinking it just seems like one of these really long marathon type events seems like this is gonna it's gonna take a little while it is but i will talk to pete and i think he will tell me you can get from L.A. to San Francisco in one slog, if you want. Well, the record is 480-something. Yeah. So that's that's the record. That's amazing. How long do you want to... Now I'm curious. How long do you want to stay... You know, well, look, if you want to go 30 miles an hour or 35 miles an hour, you'll cover 100 miles in two and a half, three hours, right? Yeah. It's... You want to stay up there for 12 hours, you'll, you'll get to San Francisco. Well, with... Apple AirPods now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Some FaceTime. Yeah, and one of those uh, trucker catheters. Or hell, why don't you just pee on the public? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Just dangle it. So the car world, um, we're yeah. talking about I, – I, I, I'm going to speak a little bit out of turn. Um, I got hit up by uh, Peter Clute uh, over there at Dream Car Garage. Was that his show? Legend Motor Cars? Is Legendary. Place? Legendary? Legendary motor cars. And yeah. then he had this show. show. I, I'm i not sure if Dream Car Garage is still on. A Maxipat is going to have to look that one up. But I used to love Dream Car Garage. Yeah. Do you watch that yeah, show? Yeah, I did. Yeah. they He had Peter and his partner was kind of a funny guy. And, and later his son? Na- yes, now his son. Okay. So I think dream car garage was the show and now maybe it's legendary motor cars or something like that but the the point is this he's a he's a real deal 
car guy. He's not yeah. Mr. Tattoos and Bracelets. As a matter of fact, zero tattoos, zero bracelets. Yeah. But real deal. Like he's out of Canada. His son races. He races. He's got a, I'm going to say like a 69 vet that he goes to Indy with and does like the pro-am thing with yeah. uh, uh, Unser driving his car. Uh, oh, wait. Is it Unser? And he's he's Canadian. And I'm I, if I recall on his show, the one thing that always was weird to me is the Lamborghini Countach. He would call a contact. Mm. Like if you think of how it's spelled. Right. And um, <laughs> he's uh, – yeah, he'd he'd do it with Al Unser Jr. I think, and he'd do you know he'd drive a shift, and the other guy would drive a shift, and and Al would drive a shift, and he'd drive a shift. Yeah. But a real deal car guy, and um and they do real deal cars like they do. They did a, a GT40 like soup to nuts. Yeah, like really all the research and all the original parts and finding stuff and sourcing stuff and doing a, a real GT40. It was a street car. It's cool episodes, cool. If you're a car guy, a real car guy, and you don't want to see somebody else do another Hemi Cuda, but you want to see some something way more interesting. Yeah, he was doing it. Wait, he's he's a he's a knowledge base. He's an encyclopedia of cars, and uh, I wouldn't say he's a fabricator. As much, I think his he shop has fabricators. Does, his, his shop has done some restoration stuff, but he's 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 more of historian. He's good that no, way. No, no, no. His he. Well, I don't know all that he does, but according to the show, his shop does everything, and he probably is not going to get MIG weld something, but I bet he probably could. He's just moved into the front office and yeah. is now trying to orchestrate everything and pay for everything. He's kind of, I think, done what I do with construction, which is I can do all this stuff, but at a certain point, I got to pay for it, so I got to figure out a way to orchestrate things and source things and plan things, but I'm not going to physically be in there bending rebar. But either way, he's a real deal guy. And he, he, we're not, we're not friends, but I know who he is and he knows who I am. And I, I appreciate his show as a, a real car show rather than guys with the tattoos on top of their hands, screaming at each other in the <laughs> shop, building junk, building yeah. nothing in a big who cares mobile um also the part that always drives me nuts too is when they start getting into this whole part where they're like they're sitting in there and they're like oh my wife would would be turning 57 today if she wasn't claimed by ovarian cancer and then the music like comes in and i wanted to give this car to my daughter it's like save that fucking shit for a lifetime bitch i want to see some fucking cars i don't want to yeah. hear a fucking music swell and you fucking holding back the tears on this fucking 57 thunderbird piece of shit fuck you <laughs> go find a fucking gt40 or a mura or something yeah Something cool. Paul Newman's race car. Like, do something. Yeah, go find. I don't fucking give a fuck about your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Who's making these fucking shows? But these guys would do cool shit. Yeah. And he reached out to me. And he's like, hey, we're going to Vegas. And we're going to be there for Barrett Jackson or the auctions or whatever. And we're going down to Bondurant. Is it Bondurant? Bondurant, yeah. And uh, blah, 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 blah. You want to come along? And I said, yeah, I'm going, I'm doing shows in Milwaukee or whatever. Like I'm traveling. It's, it's right. hard. But, um, but he's like, oh, I was checking out some of your, uh, 
race videos online. And I said, oh, good, you know, and I said, uh, and I guess <clears throat> he checked out, I I know he does a little modern racing or something. And He's like, hey, you don't suck at this. <laughs> He's yeah. like, you're not so terrible by well, the wheel. He, <laughs> I watched a few videos. He saw me doing uh, the GT. Uh, one or the Trans Am race. Oh, the Trans Am race. Right. In the, in the and, and, and so he's like, oh, I drive a Corvette and you drive a Corvette, blah, blah, blah. So I said, yeah, well, if you got anything in the future, you know, think about me. And he said, uh, a lot of us or a couple of us go to Europe once a year and uh, we've done had some fun doing some racing in a modern race, like a professional race. And I said, oh, well, that sounds fascinating. Give me, give me a few dates. You know, what, what are you thinking about? Uh-huh. And he hit me up with, I think, May 1st and 2nd at Spa, which is in Belgium. I thought Spa was in France or Germany. I didn't even know where Belgium was, but I was <laughs> like, it sounds like it's near France. Yeah. And uh, it's right there. Uh, man, when you see Belgium, you're like, would you fly into France or would you fly into Germany? You, you, you'd be kind of a coin toss. Uh, but either way, he was talking to me about doing a race at Spa, which is a track. Of course, it's a legendary track. I don't, I've never driven on it, but it sounds amazing. It's Europe, it's Belgium, it's yeah. Spa. And I think you and I looked it up. It was like Spa's like 4.2 miles, 4.4 miles or something. That's a big ass track. Yeah. That's a big track. I mean, anything over three miles is a, is a big ass track. It's, uh, and, and, so I was like, yeah, what do you want to drive? What do you want to do or whatever? And I need to follow up with him and it's not carved in stone or whatever. But I went in then and I said to Nate, uh, I said uh, on, uh, what is it on our, uh, what channel do we have? I Pluto. Said, Pluto. Pluto, sorry. I said on our Pluto channel, we doing like going racing, like would this be good content for Pluto? It was 501. I think it's 585. What is our Pluto, our Pluto channel? channel? 585, 575, something like that. Anyway, I said, uh, you know, could we get some content out of this? It'd be a professional uh, endurance race. I think it's a six-hour race. Yeah. And you have a team, obviously. It takes stints driving the car. And he said, yeah, we can film that and use it for blah, blah, blah. And we have our friend over there in Germany help us out and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I said, uh, yeah, okay. So I'm going to keep you guys posted but i'm gonna reach out to peter and i'm gonna ask him if uh if you know are, are we on yeah yeah i also then checked the calendar and it said friday saturday night first and second of may uh you're gonna be at the fresno improv or something so uh, i uh i also probably have to get hold of my caucus too fine, just skip the driver's meeting you'll be fine <laughs> 585 pluto tv all right, let me hit uh so that's huh. interesting. The auctions are coming up. There's yeah. a lot of cool stuff. I'll hit um betonline.ag. That's what I wanted to say. Playoffs, man. They are upon us and the NBA action is heating up. Visit betonline.ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Use the promo code podcast1 for a 50% sign up bonus. NFL divisional round, uh, Vikings coming up against the 49ers. That's going to be a good game. Well, they're all going to be good games. Titans, Ravens, boy, Titans could pull that one off. Texas versus Chiefs, Seahawks and Packers. Everyone likes the Packers there. I, I don't know. The Seahawks scare me. I, I think they're, the Packers scare me in the other direction a little bit. 
Anyway, we got 500 bucks in rewards to give out each week to five listeners in a $5,000 season-long charity contest. Join the conversation, and you can uh, Twitter us with uh, hashtag SportsNetChallenge, please. Plus, uh, Denver at Dallas and the NBA and uh, Boston at Philly. Lots of good games. Visit betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code podcast one and get the 50% sign-up bonus. Uh, all right, so auctions. So the schedule. auctions coming up. Um, uh, I'm going to be heading out there. I'm going to do a little traveling back and forth. Going to go to uh, the Bear Jackson uh, Gala event opening night, and then I'm going to hit up uh, the typical auctions. At least Bear Jackson, Gooding, RM. There's always more going on out there. So um, I did a quick pass on uh, on the uh, auction dockets. Uh, uh, for some of these, um, there's thousands of cars, so it's difficult to go through all of them. Uh, but I picked a few that I just grabbed and, and gave uh, uh, gave uh, Chris a few links to, and we got them on the list. Um, that seemed interesting. Uh, of course, uh, after the 93 Mustang Cobra R sold for 120 something thousand, now they're they're popping up and they're all getting six figure estimates. So we've got two Cobra R models coming up. Well, let uh, let, let this be a good. This shall be a good time for us to tell you guys that everyone is kind of going. Well, what are some of those cars in the thirty, forty range? Twenty five. Let's just say twenty five to fifty range. Yeah, and they would say it to us five, eight years ago. Like, what are some of these cars? And we would say things like Acura NSX or uh, E30 BMW Mm -hmm. M1, Mm -hmm. you know, or uh, I always liked the uh, M Coupe, the groovy ghouly car, I always called it. Cars of that nature that that you could have got for 30 grand or 50 grand or whatever, depending on the car, that are now starting to get up Pass yeah. the seventy-five to a hundred range, you but, know, but but that's double, right? So if you just look yeah. at a percentage, it's double. Well, so if you if you bought a Porsche nine twelve eight years ago, you would have paid twenty-seven five for it or something, and now you're talking about a hundred grand. Yeah, so, so you, been, they're 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 always cars in the intermediate zone. They don't have to be Ferraris or Duesenbergs, you know, and they don't have to be from the 50s or the 60s. They can be from the 80s and the 90s, you know, cars like Supras, you know. They're they're cars that are coming up. And (laughs) And some we didn't expect. Acura Integra Type R. (laughs) Right. Nobody 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 expected that. that. Nobody saw that coming. So look for production numbers. Like there's a car, like one of the cars that I've always loved and they made a super small number of them, and you can find them on Bring a Trailer all day long for twenty-seven to thirty. Uh, I believe is the Mini Cooper GP. Yeah, I like that car. It has no back seat. They made like three hundred thirty-three of them or something. It's fast. It's fun. It's whatever. Yeah. It's distinctive. It's cool. They made a small batch, and they're still thirty grand. Now, the category of car that you're talking about, though. Miles makes the difference in the world. These aren't drivers for you because you need they need to be low mile cars. Yeah. Uh you know, a uh, 180,000 mile NSX is not going to pull the no. same money as a 39,000 mile NSX. No. But some of the cars just popped into my head like what about like a first gen 
low mileage Audi R8. Mm-hmm. Um, could be interesting. Starting to get a little older. Yeah, could be interesting. Probably, Max Patty, you got to look, but you could probably find an R8 like a, a, a 2006 or five yeah. or something. You know what? What year? Two thousand four, five. I mean, we're getting old because an Audi R eight is is now a fifteen year old car. Right. That's yeah. crazy because to me that's a brand new car. Yeah. When what was the first year of the Audi R eight? But I bet you. Now that car's not going to pop for a little bit, but if you got one, some dentist in uh, Palm Springs owned it and put uh, four thousand miles on it, and you got that. Thing for forty four thousand dollars or something, and yeah. just kind of sat on it. I think it would pop. I, I get a stick. Obviously, six of oh six was the first year. 06. And I I don't know if it just had the the eight cylinder at the time, but you're right. Oh the yeah, first just gen had, just had this like thing. whatever the first gen R eight with the ten and the manual with mm-hmm. the gated shifter. That's mm-hmm. a cool car. I agree. And that kind of I bet they didn't make a lot of those. That would be pretty pretty interesting. I mean, you want to feel old the Goddamn R8 is almost 15 years yeah. old. That's crazy, right? That just yeah. feels like a new sports car to me. It does. It still and it looks good. It Max Pata, how old were you 15 years ago? Were you traveling the country in the gay bus? No, uh, that was a, that that was one year later. Like one, one or two years. Hey, later. was it old enough then? Or? That was one or two years later. We, yeah. Were you in high school? I was 20. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. fit fifteen years ago. Yeah, well, okay. I was nineteen fifteen years ago. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and it, it, the car's not quite fifteen years old, but they definitely probably saw it at a car show f- in nineteen. Yeah. Uh, two thousand five. Crazy man. Yeah. Don't you drive an R eight in your Castrol commercial? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew I liked that car. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you mean, know, not an old one. You drove a new one. That car is, you know, it's it's like it's got it's got. Some nice design to it, but all the sort of practicality of a German car. Yeah. You know, and it's just a, it's a, it's a cool car. It's a cool uh, piece. I've driven a few over the years and they've always kind of liked them. I, I agree. That should be a car that might be on your radar. And look at it this way. Price, Max It's a nice 06. car. You can have some fun with it, even if it doesn't really go up in value much. And although I, I think it probably would. You could also look like a sort of hero on your block because yeah. I, I think you could get. 06, 07. I think you get a first gen of one of those cars for, I mean, you wouldn't want to pay 32 and get one with 100,000 miles on it, yeah, but yeah. I, I think for 40 to forty to 45, you could get that car. We'll, uh, we'll, have to look we'll it see. Up. We'll look it so up. So on the list of cars, my question is, is this the year, is this the comeback year for the vintage Lamborghini? We, you know, they went real high. And right. then they kind of dropped, and then they just didn't show up at auctions for like a year or right. two. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to see – you can see on my list we've got a few. I, I know you've already seen a few of these already, but uh, you know the, it's, it's interesting. We've got a couple of Miras up there. We've got a 400 GT. Uh, the one that surprised me was the uh, Barrett-Jackson has a Lamborghini Islero S. And what threw me off on this is – in the advertising for the car, it says, Bear Jackson's got an Oslero. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's cool. And then when you go to the page, it's an S, mm-hmm. which makes a big difference. 
Yeah. Like anybody shopping for that car knows the difference between the base and the S. I think they with made the side gill and the whole deal. They made about two forty two um of the regular and then maybe a hundred of the S is if memory serves. Um the side gill's not functional. Right. Uh, yeah. Just for everyone's, I, I'm trying to make you feel better as a Mustang guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, beat when up. are they ever functional? Was my I first beat time. on you for your fake air ducts and your fake hood scoops and everything. Your yeah, fake but pretty ducts. much every new car today that has this fender side gill on it is they're not really functional. Yeah. Well, there maybe but, a few, but but a light light shall pass through it, right? <laughs> your your Mustang guys, no light comes through your your non functional thing. Yet. But the point is. Uh, <laughs> The S is more valuable. Yeah. Um, it's got kind of a nicer interior. Yeah. There's not that much that's different about it. You couldn't really tell by looking at it. If you get in, if you, if you get in on it, it's the seats that are kind of the tip off. And, and, on I, the and S. I would argue the side gill does break up a somewhat slabby kind of line on the side. Aesthetically, agreed. Agreed. it does a little something. Agreed. And that car, those cars traditionally, Going to put a number out here. I think they're probably worth about twenty percent more than the yeah. Solero. And well, not when I take the windshield wiper off of this one because <laughs> I think we need a wiper. <laughs> and if this is sitting out in a lot somewhere, so <laughs> we might need a door handle as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, strip it down. Man. <laughs> so uh, there's there's that. We'll see. We'll see if those cars. There's a there's a Mira SV that looks kind of like. It's got an engine swap and blah, blah, blah. That That's going to be kind of a tough sell. It's going to be a tough sell. There's a interim 400 GT, which is like a 350 with the, with the four motor, liter yeah. in, a, in it. Uh, I talked to, you know, the, the thing about uh, those cars is I talked to uh, Rob of Rob Report. Mm-hmm. He has a, a very nice interim. Yeah. And, okay. you know, if you look in the books and stuff like that, they'll go, there's you know, 23 interims. So if they stopped at the end of the production on the 350 mid, mid late sixties, they started putting the four liter engine in what was the 3.5 car. Yeah. Rob had told me that he basically made his way into the Lamborghini office and uh, pulled out some papers, <laughs> like, like <laughs> literally like a flashlight in his mouth. And, uh, <laughs> he basically said to me, uh, they're not all what you think they are. Yeah. That, and there's no way of telling if the car started with a 3.5, blew up the motor in 1971, went back to the factory and got the four. You would have got the four liter put in if you blew up the motor and went back or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And I once talked to him about like those cars, like, hey, serial number so, 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 so. And he's like, mm, don't buy that one. And then I said, this one, serial, serial, this one. And he go, oh, yeah, get that one. So. Out of maybe the 23, maybe there's 15 or 16 that are real deal. There's a few out there that there's some question marks. Now, I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? I like, don't know. It's just I mean, the interim. It's it's the interim. Uh, if I, It's weird because the lack of original documentation on so many cars uh, has has long hurt the value of these. But I kind of feel like 
the new documentation, meaning enough auctions or trading hands of a particular car with the name interim or some feature or something on it, starts to identify that car as a certain way. Yeah. I don't uh, uh, – this Lero S, the 69 is Lero S Lamborghini at Barrett-Jackson. I don't think that's a good fit for that car. I don't think that car is going to bring a bunch of money. I wouldn't hold my hopes out for that car. The Bullet Mustang's going to sell. Uh, we got a little inside information on that car yeah. as well. Um, I think – you know, the things insured to, I've always heard 4 million, 4 million, 4 million, and I think that's kind of the price. But did we make our predictions on that car? Uh, I think we took a stab at some predictions, and, uh, you know, it's kind of all over the map. Somebody told me the other day they felt 3.2 was a number. Somebody told me 10 million was a number. It's just a wild and, and, thing. And that is a legitimate nobody knows car. Yeah. I can prognosticate, as you know, from our walking talks, where I'm walking, Phil, and you're at home going doing dishes, usually, <laughs> or going on, sitting on your computer, and you start throwing out cars, I start throwing out numbers, yeah. and I'm pretty fucking good. Like, we'll do a, what do you think the estimate's going to be on that GT40? It's got a limited race history, blah, 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 and I'm, I, I you know, I don't like to talk about myself. But, <laughs> I notice on every but call. But I'm pretty fucking dead nuts on those, those guesses. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yes or yes. Yes. <laughs> I get close. Yeah. I, I, but I have no – this bullet thing, I, I would not be surprised at 6-6. Six, six. I wouldn't be surprised at 6-6. Six, six, but I wouldn't be surprised at 4 and, and 8 wouldn't blow Nothing my Nothing would be surprising, but I'll say 6-6 six, six just for yeah. the hell of it. I, I, I don't know. I was kind of like – I don't know. We I think, I think we had predictions that were maybe even – Bigger than that at some point, but I, I kind of well, Goldberg feel like it's thought like, it was like ten million bucks, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, I, I, but, I but, you know, obviously, but he has a lawman Mustang, so the best thing for him is 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 for oh. this car to go for ten million dollars. Well, I have <laughs> Paul Newman car, so I hope the Steve McQueen car exactly goes for right? six, six yeah. too. I, I think it's in that four to six range. I think it does. Throw out okay. a number. I, I I think it's uh, I, throw out a number six. <laughs> <laughs> Six six is with the vig. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, also, yeah. Do your spot, and then I'll tell you about a car. Yeah. That people kind of slept on, and is now knocking on the door of half a million bucks. Oh, it's not and the one on my list. People slept on it. <laughs> uh, let me tell you guys about Geico. Everybody's got a to do list. You're dropping off some dry cleaning, picking up some milk. Well, you know, you can add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. You don't have to drop off or pick up anything. You just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you'll do today. Go to Geico.com. Car that I've always kind of liked and, and, and people slept on it completely is the 63, probably 64 Ferrari 330 GT 2 Plus 2. Now, mm-hmm. I used to look at those cars a lot, and I was like, I remember like going to the all Italian Italiano concourse or whatever there at Pebble Beach on a Saturday and I'd look at the Ferrari Lusso, you know, 64, 63, 64. And I'd look at that Lusso and be like, that's at the time, I don't know, 700,000 bucks, 800,000 yeah. bucks. Yeah. And then I'd go look at the two plus two and it'd be like, that's 80. And I'd go, <laughs> it's got the same. 
V12. Yeah. It's a, you know, four speed V12. It's, it's two plus two, but it's got kind of a nice 60s kind of shape to it. And it holds two more people. That's and, more. And it, it's kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool piece. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, and, and they were, you know, 60 to 80, like all day long. Like no, yeah. nobody wanted that car. Those cars have passed the two plus twos, like the 66, 67s and are knocking on the door of half a million bucks now like a really nice one is like mid mid fours now yeah and i it it, it kind of goes to show that if you look at a car and you like the aesthetic and you start asking questions like that's got a v12 in it yeah. and that's a good looking piece and that's an early 60s ferrari it's manual and blah 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 it's got the big steering wheel and the cool dash and everything like why is that 70 grand? You know, if you're asking yeah. those questions, it'll it's, correct it, usually. The difference between them was so huge. Whereas I think the two plus two, the 330 GT two plus two has gone up. Whereas the GTC no. has gone up barely, but it's still, it's been floating around that, I don't know, six to seven for a long time. I think I saw one on one of the dockets and like 700 was the estimate. Well, the GTC went up to a million. Yeah. And I always said, what I say about that car, it's not a, it's not it's not a million dollar car. Same car. thing I would say about the Toyota 2000. Yeah. It's not a million dollar car. Yeah. Then it dropped down to five. Yeah. And it's now between five and six. Yeah. It's not seven I, anymore. If I look at a car and go, that's yeah. not a million dollar car, it's I, and, not. And you're right. The one that I saw, it was somewhere in the, I saw seven, maybe it was like six to seven. That's that's the estimate. Yeah. The it's going to hammer at 545. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Let me hit uh, Tommy John one more time. Love myself some Tommy John. I'm wearing them right now. As I said, I told you what my ritual is, get in the pool, dry them off. They dry so fast and they dry while they're on you too. Like if, if you... Those are your swim trunks? Yeah, but you know, I row in these things. Yeah. And I row for half hour and I work up a sweat. And then sometimes I find myself going upstairs and I'm like... uh, uh all sweaty like yeah. i'm gonna change and then olga yells it's dinner time and i go oh okay and then i walk <laughs> into the kitchen and next, next thing you know i'm putzing around i'm eating and stuff like that and then i notice i'm dry yeah i've dried off okay which would not happen in your traditional underwear that thing would just be like wearing a car chamois down there so let's get ourselves some tommy john stuff's the best it's in uh, 1200 retail locations across the country or you can go to tommy john dot com and upgrade man no adjustment needed right man yeah at the website go to t- go to uh, tommyjohn.com slash carcast for 20 percent off your first order tommyjohn.com slash carcast for 20 percent off tommyjohn.com slash carcast there's another car that's kind of interesting that's coming up at gooding which is a 1970 porsche 914 gt and they've got <clears throat> An estimate of about one, one it's to a one, six, two. Nine fourteen six. A one, be, oh, sorry. Yeah, we need four, to be clear oh, about I, that I should part. have said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I think Aaron Hager got a nine fourteen for free the other day, and we were like, "Is it a six? He's like, "No." I was like, "Well, that's why you got it for free." Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got some race history. I think it won its class at Daytona or Sebring. Yeah, first in its class at uh, Daytona, uh, fourth in its class at uh, Sebring. Um, so here's a very good example. It's all about the history. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 914.6 is 80 grand or so. 
a 914.6 in race trim with some with a little bit of period race history um, could be a, a hundred to two hundred grand. Yeah, just a little bit yeah. of period history. One that won its class at Daytona. Now we now take the hundred and fifty grand and we bump it up to a million, one to one three, right? One one its class at C one its class at Sebring. So it's all that. And I used to tell Matt, Matt finally got uh, schooled up by uh somebody who is a expert over at one of the auctions, which is you can run as much as you want at uh Road Atlanta or Laguna Seca or, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's the wins at Sebring, the wins at Daytona, and especially at Le Mans that take a car and get it. I mean, this does. This car doesn't even have Le Mans. This car's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car. That's a million plus dollar car because it won its class. Yeah. At at Sebring and it won its class at Daytona, and for us who have cars, who have some Daytona and some Sebring and some stuff history uh we root for these cars tune in next week for another episode of going racing